0: Welcome back, everyone, Hi, hi. to Uplifting Murders and, and wholesome, wholesome Crimes. We know um, murders and crimes are not wholesome or uplifting at all. Uh, it's a joke. Some might find us funny, probably most not. It's fine. We're fine. We're rolling with it. <laughs> we're just going with it. Uh, I'm Natalie. I'm Sarah. We were probably supposed to say that before. We're getting used to it. This is episode three. Yeah. So... Today we are covering the case of Todd Chance. This is more of a kind of who done it did they didn't they vibe compared to our coverage of Dennis Rader. We knew he done it. Like we knew it was right. him from the. Wait, get-go. what's his name? Tom Chance? Todd Chance. We're not gonna make fun of his name. He's a victim. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. I'm no, <laughs> I, okay. Only Todd. But the last name Chance is very cool. Yeah, cool last name. Very yes. cool, like stage naming. Yes. So the reason I'm not saying the criminal or whoever is convicted yet is because this is a whodunit situation. Mm-hmm. I, that's kind of how I want to cover like it for you today. It's mysterious. Mysterioso. Mysterioso. I'm still kind of unsure. We'll talk about it at the end. It's very interesting. I'm conflicted about this case. Our case takes place in Bakersfield, California oh. in August 2013. The population of Bakersfield was around 353,000 people at that time. So similar to... Um Wichita, Wichita, yeah. (laughs) Made sure to give you the population because you asked in the previous episode, so made sure to give that to you this time. I'm learning so much, guys. Okay, so on the morning of Sunday, August 25th, farmers found the body of 45-year-old Todd Chance. Farmers, farmers, in an almond orchard just north of Bakersfield, he had appeared to been shot. We're going to put a pin in that, and I'm going to give you a little bit. More on who Todd was as a person and information about him and his life. Okay. Todd Eric Chance was born in Bakersfield, California on March 10th, 1968. His parents were named Diana and Travis and he had a younger brother named Scott. They grew up in a farming town just outside of Bakersfield called Shafter. He loved the outdoors, riding horses, raising pigs. Oh. He, his dad said he loved the romantic part of being a cowboy he fully embraced the lifestyle and loved it. And Wait, he also loved fast cars. What's the romantic? The hat, the you know, the riding the horses, the look and style, oh, the, the culture, the look. The, the he loved the whole culture. It seems like he was a really nice, kind, and he's just a authentic cowboy. man. Yeah, Aww. everyone knew him. Said he was caring, kind, and loved spending time with his family, particularly his kids. Oh my god! Like a sweet, yeah, cute he was a cowboy. nice guy. Like, so he's like probably like. Disney princessing with all the a- the animals. The animals, yeah. That was the vibe I was getting. He seemed like a really nice man. He married his wife Leslie Janae, who mainly went by Janae, so I'm going to be calling her Janae in this. In 1996, they met when they were both working at a local pharmacy. Janae was the cashier, and he was in asset protection, which is like kind of security vibes, I think. Mm-hmm. She says one day at work, she made a joke about how she should have invited Todd to a country music concert she was going to because he was a real cowboy, unlike her other friends. And apparently after that, he was smitten and pursued her. At first, Janae said she was cautious because she had been left heartbroken by her ex-husband who cheated on her while she was pregnant with their daughter, which is... So messed up. Scummy. Yeah. Scummy scummy. And she was worried that this good looking Todd would be a ladies' man and kind of burn her again. Oh. But she tells Dateline how, how long was that that first marriage? I'm not entirely sure. I didn't I didn't get that. Not long. Not long. Yeah, I mean she they had a newborn and well she was pregnant, so it was not long. But so she tells Dateline in twenty thirteen she was surprised at how doting Todd was and that he was such a gentleman. So Ooh, very well loved man He's yeah. a sweet cowboy. While they were together, Janae went to school for a teaching degree and Todd became a truck driver, always choosing routes that were close to his family. He really cared about you know, still being close to the fam. He was in the trucking industry for over 15 years up until his tragic death. Janae worked as a teacher, an academic coach, and an assistant principal at the Greenfield Union School District for over 16 years and became a beloved principal at Fairview Elementary School in 2009. She says her job was extremely demanding and that the only reason she was able to achieve her goals was because of how supportive Todd was. Oh, I also like, shout out to elementary school principals. They I worked so hard. loved mine so much. Changed, changed my life for the better. Shout out to Dr. Norvell. <laughs> Janae had her six or seven-year-old daughter named Jessica, the one she had been pregnant when, with with her ex, uh-huh. when she met... Todd, and Todd raised Jessica as his own. Oh, So once meow. again, reaffirming, he's an amazing man. Yeah. Uh, Jessica had stated in the courtroom after his murder that he was, quote, her favorite person in the whole world. You know, he was her support system and the man who stood by her through everything. It really shows you how sad the loss was. Just awful. That's, yeah. He also had two additional kids with Janae. So, you know, he had this stepdaughter, Jessica, and then he had two of his own, Sarah and Samantha. They said Sarah was like his little boy. She loved off-roading and shooting with her dad, and Samantha would also come along. I tried to find their birthdays, but I I could not find that. Uh, They said on Dateline that he was a total girl dad, and they loved him dearly, and that the summer of 2013 was particularly fun for them because usually their mom worked over the summer, and that summer she didn't, so they were able to go on a lot of family trips in a way they hadn't before. You know, so they were a well-liked, happy family, seemingly had no enemies, had, you know, he had three kids. They were teenagers at the time. Which close is to his family. Very, very close. to His wife, to all his yeah. kids. So Sarah was 15, Samantha was 13, and Jessica was older because, as we said, she was six or seven when they got together. So he had this family, his wife of 17 years. Who would do this? Why? Right? Yeah. What happened to him? Only about 11 miles away from his home, Todd was found murdered in the Almond Grove on August 25th, 2013. His wallet was at the scene, which is why they were able to identify him immediately. It had appeared he was shot, and it was determined after his autopsy that his manner of death was homicide, and he was shot twice at close range. His injuries also suggest that Todd was like had put his right palm up defensively and was shot first through his hand, and then the bullet went through it into his chest. The second shot was aimed at his chest and fired at point-blank range. Like, execution, like that. Someone, like someone first shot his hand, and then he was lying, probably lying on the ground because the bullet went through and hit him in the chest, or his, you know, his hand He fell. clearly was defending himself, and yes. And then he was left completely vulnerable, and that second shot straight mm-hmm. to the chest is... Well, uh, the examiner did say, you know, he died within 10 minutes of being shot, so at least he did not suffer long. That's good. Now, there were some interesting clues that were left behind. First, he was clearly very recently killed based on the rigor. And there were tire tracks near his body, but no car. They also found his cell phone on the ground about 20 feet away. Did they see footprints? Was there, like, lots of blood? There was also... Good question. That's my next (laughs) line. There was also no real amount of blood at the scene and no bullets. What? What? So he probably was not killed there, right? Or And or there was no exit. It depends if there's an exit because it could still Truth. be inside him. Truth, But I'm just wondering, like, if not much is disturbed around him, I mean, except for, I mean, there must have been some kind of scuffle because his phone and wallet are on the ground. Well, like, how do they get they, on the ground? It does not appear like there's a scuffle because this is, look, listen to this, even okay. more strange, this orchard was kind of dusty and dirty with no dirt paths. And the bottom of Todd's sneakers were completely clean, no dirt at all, oh, which so indicates he was not walking on this path at all. No, and someone dumped him Yes. There. Yeah. So it appears, you know, the detectives are starting to think that he was not shot there, but shot somewhere else and, you know, either dying or dead in the car, dropped off and dumped in this orchard. Wow. And they said it, it hadn't been very long. It was. So cr- what time did they find him? In the early morning. His beloved 2011 black Ford Mustang was not at the scene, so they began to think that maybe he was carjacked. They, they're really not entirely scary. sure. Yeah. They just don't know what happened. There's not a lot going on. So when Janae was interviewed by Dateline in 2013 about the day of the murder, so you know shortly after mm-hmm. this took place, she said it was a typical day. Uh, you know, After the first week of school, she was working on her school safe plan. She said she had woken up early around 7.30 or 8 and gone downstairs and was surprised to hear Todd up she said that he said that he and his dad were going to a gun show and when she walked out the door she just said later like it was any regular morning she said she turned back to her work and at some point her two daughters came down Sarah you know 15 Samantha 13 apparently Janae was kind of you know in between her computer work doing laundry she had deliveries coming between 10 a.m and 12 the daughters helped helped her with groceries it just seemed like a regular day Later, her older daughter, Jessica, stopped by to pick up some old furniture, and Jessica was at the house when the detectives arrived. That's... So it seems like a totally regular morning. Yeah, did his dad confirm that they were going to the gun show? No, so we will get into that. So he lied, either lied about where he was going or who he was going with. Or she did. We don't know. Or she did, yeah. We don't know. But it makes sense, given that he was shot. that a gun do that. So at maybe possibly nearby or at a gun show, who knows? Mm, Exactly. So Kern County homicide detective, Kevin Brewer, he's the lead detective on this case and his partner headed straight from the almond grove where they found Todd to his family's house. Since they were able to identify him immediately, they went to go notify the family. Of course he said, Janae was outside and they asked her if they could go inside and he had her sit down on the couch Janae tells Dateline she assumed it was a car accident, like she was not expecting murder um, And the detective told her Todd's death was not an accident. He was murdered. Um, she says to Dateline in 2013, they said he had been shot and that he had been left. She says it was, quote, unbelievable. Quote, she couldn't comprehend, you know, why someone would want to kill him because he was such a likable guy. He didn't hang out with the rough crowd. He was, wasn't into drugs or gambling. It was, quote, baffling. Like, he was not, you know, didn't have a shady path. Like, there was nothing to associate with him with anyone that would want to have him dead like this. Yeah, that's crazy. So shortly after they told her, the daughters were informed and everyone was so upset. You know, everyone loved him. Oh, it, well, he was so young. Yeah, and he had these teenage daughters. It's just awful. I feel so terrible for the kids, you know, because they're... There's such victims in this too. So of course they had to take Janae in for questioning because they needed as much info as possible and they always have to act like interview the spouse like duh that's just something that has to be done. Yeah. Um, and Janae says she was actually glad they asked uh, for her help because she wanted to keep busy and was kind of the type of person that likes to do things make lists Makes sense for a high school principal or I'm sorry an elementary school principal to want to help and be involved, or whatever, and well, contribute. Yeah, not just that, but, like, her husband. It's her husband, yeah. yeah she wants like to help. she wants to help out in any way she can. Yeah. Like, also probably to deal with the grief, you know, as exactly. a way of coping, coping. with it. It's like, there's, you know, you can't bring him back, you can't, but in this case, you can possibly find the person who did it to him or help to find the person who did it to him. Exactly. So, they asked her about their bank accounts if they were separate or joint she explained they have a joint account they uh they asked her to go see what purchases he made that day and the previous day you know to look at text messages she told dateline she was more than happy to help the investigation apparently one of the detectives had a secret recording of the conversation um and they asked Janae what todd had planned for that day so they secretly recorded her the first day so they seem to be suspecting her that's kind of shady yeah like, to secretly like well, they're, they they can lie to you like police can do whatever know, so. it's kind of it's crazy anyways we'll not we're not getting into that right <laughs> now not, uh, yeah. that's not the point of this podcast so you know she tells them uh quote 7 30 to 8 in this morning is when he left she said that todd had told her he was going to pick up his dad on the way to the gun show They continued to ask questions to try to get more info. Since he died by gunshot, they asked Janae if there were any guns missing from the house. And she said that what she was aware of, no, um, but that she could check. And, you know, so they were like, please go check. (laughs) Can you go check? This is important. Uh, When she came back, she told them that one of the revolvers uh, and the holder was missing. It was a thirty-eight. I don't know what that means because I know nothing about guns, but it was a thirty-eight revolver for those wondering. <laughs> the detective. Did they have. Sorry, did they have multiple guns? So they had multiple guns? They had guns. multiple guns. I mean, it's that part of California. It makes sense to me. And like, it wasn't weird for the well, family. He's a to, cowboy. Yeah, yeah. And they said he was going to a gun show. Clearly, he liked guns. Like, that's. But apparently, she did not. Okay. Which is an important note. She was not into guns. Okay? Yeah. I don't blame her. Yeah. She's kids, three <laughs> yeah. kids in the house. The detective said that he thought maybe Todd brought the gun f- for himself or for protection, maybe, or to take it to the gun show to trade or sell. He really wasn't sure. Uh, But there was no gun found on his body, so this is a missing gun. It was not found at the scene. Oh, yeah. Is it still missing? I'm going to get into that. We'll find out. We shall. We shall see. Stop, but not stop giving yourself spoilers, Sarah. <laughs> so Janae continues to gather the records for the detectives, and then detectives get a break when they get a call later that day that his car has been discovered. So remember, it was not right. at the scene. His car was discovered abandoned at an intersection with the doors unlocked, the keys inside, and a gun visible on the driver's floorboard, semi-under the mat. So it was kind of sticking half out so you could see yeah. it. About 20 miles from where he was found. The way it was discovered was that neighbors had called the police because they saw the car and it appeared too nice for the area. So that kind of gives you an indication of this, what this area was like. And apparently the house that it was in front of was like a drug house. So this is like not a great area. It's a nice Mustang. Well, whoever dumped it knew that like, oh, none of the witnesses here will be, you know, quote unquote, like reliable. Yeah. Or maybe that someone will take it. Because there's, right. it's a gun in a car with the keys in it. Is, I the, mean, is there blood all over the seats? No. So when the detectives get to the scene, they can see immediately that the gun in the car looks like the missing gun Janae described. The revolver. Yes. And the whole scene is very strange. Um, you know, normally you try to conceal weapons. And yeah. <laughs> like, that's just odd. And It's like, look um, at me! The, the daughters say that, he, you know, Todd was very serious about gun control safety. He would never have a lo- loaded gun in the front seat. He's a responsible gun owner. Uh-huh. Um, and, and the car looked relatively clean. Like, it was, there was nothing strange about the car. It was just a very weird-looking scene. They dumped it. They dumped it. Like, it, they dumped the body. Yes. At this point, detectives obviously don't think it's a carjacking anymore. I mean, the car is there, and the evidence does not match up to that. So they start thinking maybe it's part of a plan. You know, the car was left there on purpose and someone maybe was hoping it would be stolen. I mean, they left the keys and left a gun. Like that's yeah. anyone who lives in a rough neighborhood's like lottery, you know, that's so they think now the police are starting to think Todd was targeted. Right. Yeah. I'm but why? Well, I'm wondering also like, like if you're dumping a car, does that mean a either you have parked your car nearby? and can just walk to your car and drive off in it? Or is it two people? That's a good question. I mean, that's what they're going to try to figure out, is can they get footage to figure out who is this person in this car? Right. Because also that it's relatively clean, they probably didn't transport him in that either. I mean, that they can tell, yes. That they can tell, unless they got it extensively cleaned, but they would be able to tell if they had just gotten it cleaned. You so would it's think, it's just naturally yeah. clean as cars go. Yes, they're, they're, it's and not unusually except clean. Except for, yeah. her, you know, and there's just this weird loaded gun in the front seat and the, and keys, the keys are in are there. the car. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird scene. It's, it's And it's in front of a, like, a... Drug house. Drug is house. Is how it was described. Yeah. Whatever that means. So, meanwhile, after this weird scene is discovered, Todd's parents, Diana and Travis, arrive at the house filled with the police which is obviously so surreal for them. They're shocked and in disbelief. The police, you know, question them too because they just were trying to establish a timeline and try to understand what was happening. And Janae had mentioned the gun show, right? Oh, to the parents. Yes, they're trying to question the parents. And I watched an interview with them and it's so sad. It literally broke my heart watching mm. them. I can't, yeah, it's so sad. I'm so, glad that I didn't have to watch it. Yeah, it's not, it's not. It's no, not fun. No. So it's not it, very uplifting. It's not at all. <laughs> so the detective started to notice a disparity here though. When Travis is asked if he was supposed to go to the gun show this morning, Travis says, I didn't talk to him today. So mm-hmm. he was not aware of this gun show. So Travis had not spoken to Todd about going that morning. Um, and his body was found west of town when the gun show is east of town. So Diana even said, the mom, Diana mm-hmm. said, I don't understand why he was way out west of town like that. So they're very confused by this whole thing too. Right police explain that he may not have gone voluntarily west of town. He may have been taken uh, to that area. So although detectives don't have a a whole lot to go on at this point, they're pretty sure, you know, that he was brought there and dumped and killed, you know, like this was a planned out thing. So the police are trying to wonder if, you know, either Todd lied to his wife about the gun show because he wasn't going, uh, he was going somewhere he didn't want her to know about or was she lying? Like, who's hiding what? Can we back up a second? Yes. I thought we don't know where he's killed, though. We don't. So. They're saying, but they know he was intentionally dumped there. So this seems very planned. Right. Right. I'm just wondering where he was killed because, obvi- like, maybe he didn't go out west. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, like, he didn't. Maybe yeah, he and he was, was taken out there. That's was, what the police are saying. Yeah. Like, like, we don't know why he was out there. He Maybe he wasn't and he was taken out there. So, yeah, they really have no idea. Right? Yeah. So they continue to do their detective work. They catch a break while searching his phone found at the scene. At the end of the camera roll, they find nude photos of a woman that was not his wife. (gasps) Yes. Indeed. They think it's possible he's having an affair, but they need to gather more evidence and they need to identify who she is. Wait. Selfie pictures? Yes. They're like nude. Like uh, not Porn. it does not appear to be porn it appears okay. to be photos sent to him it appears to be yeah the police catch another break when the neighbors who called in about the car say they saw a woman get out of the car and walk around the corner the woman was wearing a baseball cap and sunglasses and carrying something they saw her leave around 9 a.m on foot heading south So, of course, the police start looking for security footage to see if they can identify her. Mm -hmm. They find a house with two security cameras. It shows a person heading from the direction of the parked car at 9 a.m. on the morning of Todd's murder. It was hard to tell in the video if it was a man or a woman. Um, You know, the video, security footage, it was not close up. You couldn't see a face. Yeah, it's probably super grainy. Very grainy. Yeah, Yeah, not very clear. But because of the eyewitness statements, they they believe it's the same person. They believe Mm -hmm. it's that woman that they said they saw get out of the car. They also noticed that the person walking has a very interesting gait, you know, the the way they walk. Oh, so like distinctive. A distinctive gait. It's kind of fast paced with wide strides and, and long swinging arms. So mm. it's just kind of a noticeable gait, right? The person is carrying a plastic bag and has a backpack. A boot poop. A, I'm sorry, a boot poop. <laughs> this is not a hit kit referencing okay, in previous okay. episodes. Um, they are starting, well, that we know of. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they are starting to get pieces of the timeline and and put it together, right? -hmm. They determined based on the direction this person, the suspect, was walking in, they were heading towards a certain area and continued to search for security footage of her. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say they slash her because they're just not sure, but they think it's her. So if I mix those up, that's why. What were the indicators for the um, witnesses? They just said it looked like a woman. I don't know. I mean, like, Like, did they see long hair? Did they see. That I did not know, but. I looked at the security footage, and I could see why you would think it was a woman, but I could also see why you wouldn't be able to tell. Mm. Okay, so it's kind of one of those ambiguous things. It looks like it could have been, like, not an obese woman, but, like, a, you know, Uh middle-sized woman with an interesting gait. The gait was the most noticeable thing, the way the person walked. Okay, so they, they start getting, you know, pieces of this timeline and looking for security footage in these areas, and they found this suspect slash her you know whatever it is uh in a shopping center in several different locations including a starbucks lowe's and a walmart and they can tell it's the same person because of the clothing plastic bag backpack sunglasses and hat. so even if they can't tell the gender whatever right they can tell it's the same person, person. yeah at starbucks this person does something very odd that the police notice on the footage they go to a bathroom and come out wearing different clothes and different shoes with like big dark sweats over it uh, with the same back, back and plastic bag. And they did not make a purchase. So they're clearly going there just to change, mm-hmm. right? Concealing themselves. Mm-hmm. The detectives viewed the footage so many times that they noticed a glimpse of what looked like a yellow lid in that plastic bag. And the dete- main detective Brewer thinks it's a can of disinfecting wipes or like bleach wipes that were used uh, to wipe off the crime scene or yes. whatever. Was or fine. whatever the gun should probably, mm-hmm. walk, or they probably wiped their prints off of the gun. Something like that. They they believe that those were disinfectant wipes used to cover up the crime scene, right? Well, I in mean, in some capacity. If they shot him, though, there'd be a lot of blood. I feel like the wipes would really kick it. Like I, I know, really... that's why I still have some <laughs> Exactly. you're going to see why I'm conflicted about this case. But they did, you know, notice that there. Does she look anything like the woman in the photos? You, um in the nude selfies? N- well, they can't quite tell. Okay, so we we are going to get there. I mean, is the woman bigger? In... It doesn't quite look like her. You're we're jumping ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> There's so many questions. She always tries. She's always ruining the surprise, guys. <laughs> um, I'm a surprise for a she's I ruin. She ruins people's lives. Su- I ruin people's surprises. <laughs> right. So they can tell the same person because of, of the dark hats and glasses the backpack. Yeah. And the yeah. Plastic bag, yeah. Whatever. Brewer believes, based on the footage, that this person had a, a thought out plan, a step by step plan, and was doing something at each place for a reason. So mm-hmm. the person changed at Starbucks. Then they went over and discarded something at Lowe's. You can see them going to the trash can of some sort, like, discarding of something. Ooh, like the whole plastic bag? Contents, not the whole plastic okay. bag that we can tell. Um, Then they head towards Walmart. They walk into the side door of the Walmart and use a payphone, and they pull a piece of paper up. They have this piece of paper with something written on it, so they're thinking it's probably a phone number, right? Right. So... Then they leave the store and walk somewhere with no cameras and then come back into frame without the plastic bag. So then they discard even more evidence. Mm. Right? 23 minutes later, after the phone call is made, a taxi arrives and picks this person up outside. Um, and they t- then they try to, you know, obviously the police are going to try to track the taxi. Yeah, and figure out where, say, it went, like, where it went. Find that taxi yeah. also, but like interview that taxi driver, find out who was driving that cab. Right? So you can probably find out the company. So they're trying to track the taxi. And meanwhile, while they're discovering all of this camera footage, they're also able to identify the woman in the nude photos Mm. on Todd's camera roll. It was his ex-girlfriend, a woman named Carrie, who he had met in the early 90s before Janae, and she was his first big love. They were together for five years and even lived together, but they broke up in 1995. So Janae and Todd got married only a year later. Ooh. Yikes, right? But they have children. They have children. Mm hmm. Police discovered that after years of not speaking in May 2012, Carrie, a single mom and dental assistant, connected with Todd on social media. I'm guessing probably Facebook. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. Police say that when looking at their initial exchanges, they started off innocent enough, but then he noticed in April 2013, Todd asked Carrie, quote, want to play. And Carrie says, no way, married man. But Carrie did send him photos. So was there an affair? Is there a motive for Carrie? Like, what is this situation? When Dateline asked Janae how much she knew about Carrie, she says she really didn't know her much. Well, she, like, she knew who she was, that her name had come Obviously. up, but that all she was was a past relationship. That's yeah. all she knew about her, right? Well, you're not going to be like, it's the love of my yeah, life. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's, she was like, I mean, I know what I know. She was an ex. Like, what can right. I say, right? So then police inform her that Todd had been in touch with Carrie recently and it was not peachy, shall we say, right? So they tell her, like, Things were not PG. With what, what's her reaction? Janae says she was absolutely shocked. She was not the type to look through her husband's phone, and she had no idea. You know, like she said, she felt totally secure in the relationship, and would never even thought to. Have well, because she thought she had a sweet cowboy. Yeah. this made her question her relationship, and she felt conflicted about how it made her feel about her husband that had just passed. So this is, you know, in her 2013 interview with Dateline well, shortly She's after. probably like, did I really know him? Like, who? um now he's like murdered and like maybe he was in you know i didn't what know is this about him, him? yeah like, maybe he wasn't who i thought he was or right four days after the murder on august 29th the police tell Janae that the car their car has been released and she came to pick it up she says it's a you know she tells dateline it's a stick shift and she doesn't know how to drive it and doesn't want to try so she calls travis the dad of todd And asked him to come with her to get it uh, back to the house. Because she, you know, just didn't want to try to deal with it. So Janae and Travis go to the police station together. The police put them in an interrogation room. And they could tell something was kind of weird. Janae Janae and Travis. Did they put them in an interrogation room together? Yeah. And they thought they were just picking up a a car. But they're in an interrogation room. Like something's clearly weird here, right? Police then have them look at the security footage they had gathered. Okay. At the Walmart, the Lowe's, the yeah, Starbucks, yeah. all of that stuff. And asked Travis uh, to look first. Travis says he saw a lady walking down the street. So he said it looked like okay, a Okay, so he saw a woman. They asked if he recognized her and he says no. They also asked Janae, do you mm-hmm. recognize, you know, the gate, how she's walking? Janae says no. She doesn't recognize anything. She was thinking it may be Carrie. That was what she said she was thinking it might be. Right. Uh, but that's not what the police were thinking at all. Oh, They told Janae up front that they thought it was her in the videos. Does it? So it looks like her. That she was the one that killed Todd. But then obviously Travis would have recognized. Would he have? His son is married to that woman. It's a person in bulky sweats with a cap on. There's no way to truly like. No, but I'm talking about the gate. The gate. If If she has a distinctive gate. Well, later in the the episode uh of this, I'm going to show you a clip. Okay. And I want to get your opinion on whether you think their gait is the same. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get there. We'll get there. It's okay. I, yeah. that, that is a very interesting point. I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but. <laughs> um, Janae tells Dateline in 2013 that the police were rough up with her um, and they started yelling at her. You know, they were just being aggressive. And that's when she asked for an attorney and they proceeded to arrest her right then and there. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, so they weren't ever going to release the car. They were just like, you're arrested. Wow. <laughs> so the police were suspicious of Janae from the get-go, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Detective Brewer thought her reaction to the news of her husband's murder, quote, didn't seem quite right, which is why they did that secret recording of her on the first interview. I don't think that's very fair, though, because yeah. everyone has their own reactions I was just going to gonna say. That's- Everyone deals with things in their own way, so I don't know about that. Like, maybe she was, like, smiling Yeah, know, like I feel like, there's laughing about it or something. That's, like, maniacal, yeah. <laughs> you're like, um, that's inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't seem... I mean, like, if people handle shock in different ways, so in my mind, like, her not bursting into tears immediately isn't an indication that they're a murderer. People, like, don't Right, people, sometimes. and yeah. sometimes you're in denial. Yeah, even exactly. Even if you're given that information... Yeah. Even if you think you're not in denial, sometimes you're in denial. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So he also says, "quote Usually, you know, he when he confronted her about the footage, uh-huh. he said her her response was very weird." "quote Usually, when it's not you in the video, I get an outburst of anger. You think that's me? You know, like uh, what? The right, right, right. And she just says, "quote Well, that can't be me. That woman is too heavy. So you know, she is a kind of bigger, fuller figured woman. Who is Janae? Janae. Okay." But she's claiming like she's not freaking out of them accusing her. She's like, Well, that woman's too heavy to be me which was kind of it's a little bit weird, right? It's a little bit kind weird. of but also it's like if someone and who's very rational. Like, yeah, it's or also it's like if someone of a different race from you like was caught on camera, do you think you'd freak out and be like, That's not me? You'd be like, They're clearly a different race Like I don't I mean It's not me. Yeah, I guess You know that's what I mean? True. Like she's like um she's clearly like yeah. like That's not me. Like, that's not, that's, you know, like, check me out. Well, what's also interesting is apparently she got lap band surgery very shortly before the murder. Oh, that is interesting. Right? Yeah. So some people say, you know, you can't lose that much weight that quickly. But I don't know. That's a serious surgery, right? Yeah. That is also, that's why this is so conflicting. Because you're like, well, I don't know. While she was being booked for murder, her house was being searched by the police. Mm -hmm. Diana and Travis, the grandparents, say this is when it dawned on them that the police suspected Janae, right? And they start thinking, oh, well, maybe it's Janae. Like, they're on the side of the police. Oh, they are. Yeah. And the kids are furious. They can't believe it. They're like... Yeah, I would be. Yeah, they're like, no way she did this. No way she did this. Then, only four days later... Janae is released before she's even set to make her first court appearance, because according to the Cur- Kern County DA's office, the prosecutors uh sent the file back to the sheriff's office for further investigation. They said there's the video footage was just not enough to get a conviction. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's like it's n- there's it's nothing not identifiable. Yeah, it's just not enough. Detective Brewer says he was shocked, but I was not. It sounds like that's just not... He was not- shocked in 2013? Yeah, he was shocked, apparently, that that was, you know... I was not surprised by that, because I was like, "I just don't." I have reasonable doubt at this point that right. it's Janae, you know. So after four nights in jail, Janae was free to go. It'd be more compelling, you know, if they did, if they had her walk very quickly mm-hmm. on camera. Mm-hmm. Can you please? I want you to walk at a very fast pace, back and forth. Like, yeah, I feel like there were certain things the investigation could have done, and that they and just then didn't, compare, it. yeah, that they and just then didn't- like have some person who's an expert in, like, anatomy and walking and mm-hmm. people's gait and shit like that. Exactly. I know. So, you know, this interview with Dateline came three months after that in November 2013. So that's when she's interviewed by Dateline in 2013, a few months after. Okay. And she talked about the relief she felt, uh, but also the frustration that they focused on her instead of other leads. And she says, you know, they know, she knows they had to look into the wife to cross her off the list, obviously, right. but... They didn't have to arrest her. She, like- said they, she said they arrested first and investigated after. Yeah. The police, on the other hand, did not agree. They believe that Janae knew that Todd had connected with his ex, Carrie, uh, months ago, and that this her motive was revenge, that she was pissed, because she had already been burned by her ex, and that was happening again, right? Oh, because she was cheated on before? Before, like, you know, really bad, while she was pregnant, like, majorly right. burned and was worried about that, so they think it was a revenge thing um janae tells Dateline she didn't even know about this you know little thing with carrie whatever it was she didn't know about the photos mm-hmm. and she was like and if she did she would have talked to him about it and she said her daughters were eyewitnesses they saw her later that morning like not at the exact time but they saw her in the morning mm-hmm. um they don't have an exact timeline that's the other issue it was like the daughter's like i think i came down and saw her at like 9, ten, like, I don't know, but, like, it's just was not Was it a clear. weekend, not a weekday? It was Sunday morning. Oh, okay, because I was going to yeah. say, I mean, like, as an elementary school teacher, she... Died. Yeah, no, no, it was a Sunday morning. Oh, okay. So, it's <laughs> just not quite clear. But uh, her daughters support her, and the in-laws are starting to take the side of the police, as we said. Okay. While Janae is still pointing fingers at Carrie, the police had already determined she was not involved. Okay, so they discovered that Carrie and Todd stopped communicating months before the murder. Okay. They had never had an actual affair or met in person. And the woman in the security footage did not match Carrie's description, according to police. So I guess they had looked into that. I'm not, they didn't give me much details further on that, which is kind of like, well, what do you mean by that? But I'm assuming it's like maybe the height and, you know, general size of the person just didn't match. Whereas it's more similar to Janae. Mm -hmm. I guess they felt, the police felt it looked more similar to Janae than it would to Carrie. Because they said it did not match her description and most important of all she had an alibi for the time of the murder she was several hours away with her daughter and friends at the at the mission in san juan capistrano and she even had a parking ticket that confirmed this with the date and time so i guess she had parked in the wrong place and there was a ticket that literally proved that she was there. So that's like the first time ever that a parking ticket would be like, yay, thank You're you. Right, like, thank you so, so much. much. Never thought I'd love a parking ticket, but yeah. that was that, that, that was proof. She was there. She had multiple witnesses of like her friends and, and kids, you know, she wasn't right. there. So Carrie is not it, right? right. Janae and the police both did not want the case to go cold. She told Dateline in 2013, as much as I brought up my girls that it doesn't matter what other people think, this, it matters what other people think, you know? It does. It matters, you know, for my family and my community to uh, know, you know, plus we deserve to know the answers, what happened to this great man. So she's saying that she wants them to keep investigating. Mm -hmm. So Detective Brewer kept digging. They weren't going to let this go. They found, after searching the chance home even further, that there were several life insurance policies that had been taken out for Todd, totaling around $500,000. Oh, damn. Yeah. Fuck ton of money. Yeah. Excuse my language. (laughs) But that is a scary amount of money. Mm -hmm. So, Janae says that she and her husband both took out policies with each other as the beneficiary. They were taken out over 8 to 10 years before the murder, according to Janae. So this they were taken out a while ago. Yeah. And, you know, she was the main breadwinner of the family. She didn't need that money, um, for the life insurance. That just like wasn't I mean, you don't need it. Of course, like, she's no not in but, debt. But no, but like, yeah, there are some it's still cases. Still a motive. It's still a motive, yes. It like is she has motive. three kids. hmm Um it is still a motive. It's still a motive. It's a lot of money. But she's you know, she was saying in twenty thirteen she hadn't received any of the insurance money. They're still investigating. So she's like, I don't even have it. Right? Right. Well, maybe that's why she wants... Maybe that's why she wants them to keep investigating so that they can... She can get the money. Oh, it's an interesting point. So three years go by with the case still cold. Three years. Wow. Janae apparently tries to collect on some of the insurance policies, but Todd's parents uh, try to contest one of them to get it to go to the children instead Uh of Janae in 2016. And they go to court. She looks completely different than she used to having lost over 100 pounds due to the lap surgery she had gotten sh- done shortly before the murder. So she's lost over 100 pounds which is like there's this something interesting about the fact that she I guess it wasn't that quick though in the time frame of like when the video was recorded versus when she saw it. So I don't know if that's enough time for her to have lost. You know what I mean like I just think it's yeah. I don't know. You know so Travis and I were happy um that they won the court battle, and the money was going to the grandkids instead of Janae. Uh, they had been apparently trying to do this for over a year, and they did not want And her. she didn't agree to it? Which is kind of weird, Which right? Which is kind of weird. Why wouldn't you- be Your like, own children? You're, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. It's kind of weird. But her kids were still on her side. It was- Yeah, her kids were, like, still on her side. So three years after this tragic murder, Janae's, you know, doing well. She's lost weight. She's moving on. But Detective Brewer's still, you know, he couldn't let it go. He, <laughs> he thinks it's her. He's He's con- convinced, you know? So while he was looking through photos of the family, and, so, like, you know, he's just searching through anything. These yeah. detectives really are going through every Like old photos? Thing. Old photos, okay. yeah. So he's looking, well, not super old, just looking through family photos. He sees one of Todd, Janae, and their two younger girls at some type of crime scene, like, dress-up event. And on the bottom right, it says, CSI, The Experience, Las Vegas, 2013 fun right so he starts looking into their financial records and notices an expense to mgm las vegas and it was in the summer of 2013 uh, one of their family trips they went to the csi experience and so then brewer went to las vegas to see for himself it was a huge exhibit with multiple scenarios where you're kind of helping them you know solve a murder he says one of which was a woman who murders her husband and dumps him in the desert oh Brewer says he immediately noticed parallels to his real investigation. I think this is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, this is what he's saying. Okay. okay? The CSI exhibit showed how detectives can track a suspect's cell phone. The woman in the security footage used a payphone, right? Right. Another display showed shoe prints at the crime scene. The suspect changed her outfit and shoes at the Starbucks. And he said it seemed like Janae had gone to quote like had gone to like murder school and figured out how to wipe a crime scene because they also had talked about how disinfectant wipes get rid of you know evidence and stuff like that it was you know you know so they also said they were detective brewer says they were only able to get um one fingerprint off of todd's mustang and it was janae's and it was on the driver's side which is very weird because she had told the investigators back in 2013 that she did not drive a stick shift right yeah that is weird did they find it on the stick shift or did they, they The evidence inside the car showed her DNA on the steering wheel and the gear shift which is weird places it would not be if she were not driving, right? So that's weird. That is weird. She also told Dateline she hated guns, but then they had gone they found photos of her on a shooting trip weeks before the murder holding the same gun that was actually used in the murder. So lies. So lies. But also, would she be dumb enough to, like, have a photo of her using the gun that she was going to use, like, a short while later to murder her husband? That Maybe also she seems kind of weird. Or she just, like... Because if it was that premeditated, wouldn't she have thought about that? Maybe it wasn't as premeditated as we thought. Mm. Yeah, so I see the connections, but it also, you know, it kind of creeps me out a little bit to think that just because someone has an interesting true crime and they're going to some sort of right. CSI event that they're guilty of murder, I'm like, okay. We didn't murder anyone. We've never like, murdered I anyone. Have probably, I have some weird searches on my computer thanks to starting this podcast, yeah. and I wouldn't want anyone to think that that makes me murderous. You're a so, murderer. Well, according to this, if we go to a crime show, you could be going to murder school. So that's a little worrisome to me. I'm not going to lie, but... I do also see the connection, so I just—it's interesting, right? So all the evidence was circumstantial, but still mounting. They even discovered where the taxi cab went, um, and that it picked up the suspect at Wal- that picked up the suspect at Walmart. So they discovered, they even discovered where the taxi cab went that picked up the suspect at Walmart. The suspect was dropped off in front of a Sam's Club and walks from there. And this location is only a mile away from Todd and Janae's home. So interesting it's, it's close right yeah the next security footage they found shows a suspect even closer to the chance home from another security camera at 10 10 a.m in the morning the suspect is in different clothes and appears to be running across the street which if Janae is still heavier set at that point her daughter was said in dateline like she does run <laughs> so like that's kind of interesting but if you're like if you just committed a murder maybe you do i don't know like right that yeah uh, I feel like it, that's, you're already going outside the realm of your normal behavior if you committed a crime like that. So. Wait, they're running across their street. They're like jaywalking, kind of running across the street. Their street. The street that they live no, on. No, no, no. Not the street they live on nearby. Oh. Yeah. And they seem to be holding a piece of paper and Brewer thinks it's the number of the taxi cab and she's going to discard that so they can't trace it to her again. Right. Uh, Brewer knew the video footage hadn't been enough for the prosecutors before. So he continues to dig. He knows it's not enough. Yes. He discovered that three weeks before the murder, Janae made a purchase at a Walmart she normally didn't shop at, the same one that the suspect used the payphone at. Oh. It's actual footage of her. Like, they know it's her. That is more compelling than any previous- Than the CSI Yeah, that weird CSI bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I think her going to that Walmart and she's not normally there and that's the same one, then get this. So they get footage from the Walmart, and at the Walmart when she first enters, you know how they have greeters that just kind of stand there? Yeah. She goes up to the greeter, and it looks like she's gesturing holding up a phone to her ear.
1: You like, know, like, where's the,
0: is there like, a payphone And here? so that's when Brewer says that was a turning point for him. He was yeah. like, she had a cell phone. She had phones. So there's no reason for her to ask where a payphone is, yeah. right? And he's like, she's asking because she's, she's planning, planning. This. But then in my mind also, I'm like, if she's so meticulous to plan this, why don't you ask that right in the front where like you know this. there's security cameras yeah, that's like so doing dumb the just, call just walk around the store and find it like why would you ask or that? ask someone or maybe she's like a dumb criminal like maybe she thought she was a really good planner but she was not thinking about security footage but that seems so stupid to me that's like one of the first things you would think about as someone you know who's into crime that just seems so weird that she wouldn't think about that yeah, no, It's it seems like also since she planned everything out so meticulously. Why, why? How could you not Yeah. also think about it in terms of identifying you? Yeah, so that just seemed weird. Finally, he got another major piece of the puzzle, right? Janae's laptop had been sent to the FBI for analysis, uh, the one that she had been using when Todd was killed or claimed to have been using. Uh-huh. Apparently, no one was manually, you know, they can see if someone's like, Using the trackpad on the mouse, right, you know, right. like using it. They said no one was using that computer until around eleven a.m. this morning. Oh, so that doesn't match up either. Yeah, which is a part of her alibi. But then I'm remembering she also said she was doing laundry. But then it would still show at some point in the morning that she was on it, and it says that it didn't show activity in the morning until like eleven a.m. So that's not matching up what she says, right? Well, unless she what time did she wake up then? Well, if she's saying she woke up really early. And she also said... That she used her laptop in the morning. I don't know if it's a laptop. Her computer in the morning. Right. And then also was doing laundry. Like, remember, she said she was working on her, like, school safe program. Right. Well, was she at okay. 11 o'clock? Was she working on No, that? because I was late. Oh, but I don't know. She was saying it was earlier, though. Remember, she said she was up at, like, 738. Right. It's just not very clear. That's the problem. But she wouldn't have, she would have said, like... That last, I feel like, sort of first. Yeah. If it was later in the in the morning. Way later. Way later on. in the morning. That's hours later. December 1st, 2016, more than three years after Todd's murder, they had enough, thanks to the computer and some other stuff, to arrest Janae for the second time. They had a team follow her back from her office, and she was stopped by a patrol car, and the officer said she was being pulled over for a traffic violation. Mm-hmm. But then Brewer, you know, like, walked up, like, ha ha ha. <laughs> while she was getting out of her car and told her she was under arrest for the murder of mm-hmm. her husband, Brewer says that she said, are you kidding me? And Brewer said, no, ma'am, we're not kidding you. So she was shocked. She was utterly shocked. She thought she got away with it. Yeah. Well, Or she's innocent and thought she was right. not, you know, not going to be charged. She sat down with Dateline again in 2020. And don't worry, I'll fill in the gaps. This <laughs> is just, don't worry. So she talks <laughs> with Dateline again in 2020 to talk about the moment she was arrested and how that felt. And she says she was surprised and dumbfounded, and she thought it would all be corrected. She was like, this is absolutely insane. Um, On the day of her arrest, the detectives also questioned the daughters, of course. Right. trying to get more info. They asked Jessica about Janae's behavior the day Todd was murdered. And they asked her if they thought Janae's reaction to the news of her husband's murder seemed authentic and Uh genuine. And she stood by her mom. She was, like, completely on her mom's side. Both of them? Well, they're only questioning Jessica at this point. Oh. Yeah, they're questioning Jessica right now. Then Brewer shows her the security footage they had found. Okay. Which she had not seen before and did not know about. And right away, something jumps out to her. Jessica thought she recognized the backpack the woman was carrying, which looked somewhat red in the footage. Uh Something, you know, seemed to click for her when she saw the backpack in the footage. Um, And I watched the interview. And you can kind of see her like breaking down and like freaking out and like oh, realizing no. that the footage is her mom, or at least in that moment she yeah. thinks it's her mom. But what's interesting here is she then later retracts, is what we're going to get to, and she says the police manipulated her because they had previously, right before showing the footage of the suspect, yeah, they showed her the footage of of Janae at Walmart where they know it's Janae. You know the scene where she's doing the phone and right. thing. They know it's Janae, So they show that to her and they're like, why do you think she's there? And so she kind of asked questioningly, like, because she was planning it. Like, so she's like not quite sure, but she's like, is this what's happening? And so, you know, she later says she thinks the detectives kind of tricked her and like manipulated her into like coming to that conclusion because they showed this footage and then they showed the other footage. And she says that it was like manipulative and it kind of made it seem like it was her. I don't know exactly. I don't. Uh, she says she felt manipulated by the police and that, you know, they had shown her the video, the Walmart video first. And it just kind of made it seem like she was the suspect. Like they just, I mean, they, they, yeah. Cause it's the context for she is the suspect. Yeah, So it's whether it's, it, does she recognize the backpack or not? Is that the boot poop? Well, she says, you know, they, in 2020, Dateline 2020, they still don't, they, don't believe the video footage is their mom any of them any of the daughters believe it's her and she was like yeah like later she says in daylight like yeah we had a red backpack but like we had not seen it in years yeah so janae spent three years in jail while waiting for her trial after her arrest in december 1st 2016 janae's trial began on december 9th 2019 and apparently the reason it you know took so long is the first trial ended in mistrial uh, the previous June, before it even began, because apparently an attorney left a conflict of interest or something. So something weird happened, I don't oh. know. But that's why it's so many years later that she had her trial. Mm-hmm. So the current county prosecutors told the jury that Janae not only murdered her husband, but literally went to CSI school to learn how to do it, which I think is a bit of a stretch. Like, yeah. guys, relax on the CSI thing. It's it's more it's, compelling without that. Yeah, it's kind of kind of funny. Yeah, It's like, this is not funny. Him being murder is not funny. but that, no, 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 That's no. funny. Um, like, you guys need to calm down about the CSI show. It's yeah. Like, that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> like, I would go to that. It doesn't mean we're murderers. Um, I think, you know, it's whatever. It's interesting, but, like, come on, guys. Um, do better. Yeah. Do better. Do, like, actual policing. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They say, you know, she prepared a very involved and detailed murder plot, which I think is possible, but I don't think the CSI thing is why. Right? Like, no. I don't know. I think it's a bit much... Uh, The prosecutors believe she had multiple motives for this, you know, jealousy, money, and she no longer loved him. And they talked about how at her office at school, she had photos everywhere of her kids, but not a single photo of Todd, which is a little bit weird. That is a little weird. Yeah. So there are some weirdness things, right? Yeah. So the prosecution also called a key witness, a woman who was visiting the Chance's neighbors that morning. And she testified that she saw the Mustang pull out of the garage with Todd driving, but he wasn't alone. There was a woman next to him and she was wearing a cap and large sunglasses. The prosecutors say she's the like one of the most important pieces of the case because if you believe her, then it's Janae, right? Believe like, who? The the witness. Like if you if you saw her leaving with that like with a woman in the car from their own house, like who else could it possibly be? It's right. kind of their line of thought, their rationale, yeah. you know? According to Brewer, they believe what happened is that Janae at some point confronted Todd about the nude photos and told them they shouldn't argue in the house with the kids. Mm-hmm. So they go for a drive, leaving the house together. They drive up to the almond grove, and as soon as they pull over, she shoots him. He had raised one arm up defensively as he sees the gun, he is shot through the hand and at the chest and then a second shot into the chest. But there was no blood. I, don't know, I was about to Don't worry. She pulls his body out of the car and lays it in the dirt with his wallet so that he would be identified. And the police could go to the house and notify her so she could give her, you know, performance of being upset. They say she then drove somewhere and cleaned up the car with the bleach wipes, then left that location and parked the car in front of the drug house in the hopes someone would take it. Then does all the things we see in the security tapes. But I right. agree, I have a problem with the blood. There'd be way too much blood. Yeah, way also, too much. wouldn't they find the bullets then? Or like maybe she also took them and put them in the bag and threw them out later is what they're saying. Which is possible, but I'm not convinced that there wouldn't be any blood evidence in the car. That to me is shocking. And they never talk about blood evidence in the car. Like the police do not mention it from what I could find. Which I'm like, yeah. where is it? Like that seems like there's way too much unless maybe that type of gun doesn't make you bleed lot. Or it didn't come out of him? I don't know. I mean... So he died of, like, internal bleeding? Yeah. That, to me, is a little iffy. I'm not so sure about that, right? The defense, on the other hand, say she's innocent and even had Janae take the stand. They say that the police always suspect the spouse and that within four days of the murder, Brewer thought it was Janae. Which was true, you know, like, he really did, he arrested her four days after, yeah. and then had to release her because there was not enough evidence, so that's not a good look, I have to admit, no, that's that a really bad, bad look. Yeah. Uh, the defense said Brewer had tunnel vision and ignored key evidence, like, the fact that Janae, you know, had an alibi, according to her daughter, Sarah, she saw her working at home around the time he was murdered. Apparently, she, like, came downstairs while she was, like, half asleep, kind of, like, looked down, saw her mom was down there, like, on the computer, but she wasn't on the computer, right, according to mm-hmm. the forensic evidence, she, so she said she saw her mom, like, whatever, in the house, and, like, went back well, up maybe to bed she, to sleep. Maybe she did it at 11. Maybe she did it at 11. That's true. But she's claiming she woke up earlier, kind of peeked down the stairs, saw her mom, and went back to bed. Yeah, but maybe that was at 11. She thought it was earlier. Possible. When she wake up. Do they know? It's not entirely clear. Because, like, why would they be so, like care to know you know like they weren't tracking it so carefully themselves so it wasn't entirely clear like when they came down they think it was around nine nine or ten i'm always that's so weird i'm always so aware of like what time it is in the morning mm. do you know what i mean like i can at least give a ballpark of like 10 nine nine thirty. 9 yeah you know they're mean? claiming the daughters are claiming it was around 9, 10, 9 okay nine or 10 but it's not like exact you know and they don't really truly have an exact timeline for what really happened they're, they have a kind of an idea. Mm-hmm. They, the murder was earlier than that. Right. It was before that. So she so, could have been back by yeah, then. Technically. Right? The defense also said, though, that Brewer hid evidence. They had asked friends and colleagues to look at the security footage, and apparently none of them could identify Janae in it, like, without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. But that's also like, yeah, you're going to have reasonable doubt when you look at a security footage, because even if you think it's her, you can't know for certain. Right. So that's also like, oh, I don't know about that. Um, But they say that was not entered into evidence, and it would have been, you know, good testimony. What was the fact that her friends and colleagues did not think it looked like her in the video? Oh, yeah, which I agree with. I think that should have been in there. That's not. Yeah, why wasn't that in there? I don't know. They also said that the uh, key eyewitness was wrong. The one who saw the woman in the car on Mm -hmm. the way out. The defense say there's no way Janae could have been in the passenger seat of the Mustang while it was backing out of the garage because apparently. Todd never let people in the car in the garage because the door was too close to the wall. So he would pull out and then open the door, hmm. according to the defense, right? So Janae spent days on the witness stand telling her side of the story that she loved Todd, had no idea about the photos, so she had no reason to be jealous, and that she, as a breadwinner, did not need the life insurance. So she just didn't have motivation, she says, to do this. She also said she had proof that she wasn't the woman in the security footage. She says that she has to wear glasses. She's virtually blind without them. And she could not have navigated around the city like that without wearing her glasses. But she's wearing sunglasses. That could she apparently scripting. did not. So the defense say the woman in the big sunglasses was not Janae, right? However, she was then caught in a lie here mm. because the lie involved a very, you know, critical detail she's saying she cannot see without glasses and that she did not have contacts and the defense really played that up but and they had these records showing like she had glasses blah blah blah. she had eye troubles they had all these records but then you know the prosecutors have access to those same records right right so they look in those records and they find that in july of 2013 a month before the murder she got two boxes of contact lenses mm. In cross examinations, they confronted Janae about her own medical records contradicting her statements. And they do it right in front of the jury and it does not look good, right? It doesn't look good for her. So Dateline in twenty twenty asked Janae about what, you know, the state of her vision was like during that time. And she says she was wearing glasses and her lawyer off screen says, Don't answer that question. (sighs) Right? And she ignores uh she ignores the lawyer and says to them to Dateline, like, I spoke, quote, my truth and you know, She says that she knows she was never wearing contacts in 2013. She says that. Did they check the contacts (laughs) that she had and see if any of them were opened? So listen to this. So she says she never wore contacts in 2013, right? Mm -hmm. But she was interviewed by Dateline in 2013, and she was not wearing glasses in that interview. She was not wearing glasses in the interview. And she claimed, you know, oh, well, you know, I would take my glasses off for pictures and stuff because I thought I looked better. And they were like, well, But we were walking around and stuff. Like you're walking through your backyard and you weren't wearing your glasses. And she's like, "I don't recall that." Well, so she's lying. She's lying about the glasses. She's lying about the contacts. She was not wearing them in 2013. She's not wearing glasses. So she clearly had contacts in. Otherwise, she'd be blinded to bat, would not be able to walk. Yeah. And she's claiming that she didn't wear them then. So that's not true, right? I mean, like the only thing I can think of is that like in your own house or in your own backyard, you might feel comfortable, feel comfortable enough to walk around without your stuff on because you you kind of know where everything is. Well, listen to this. Okay. So she told Dateline back in 2013 that she wanted to see Jessica while she was at court saying, quote, I know she's going to want me to look at her and I can't see because I didn't have my contacts and I didn't have my glasses. So she, in her 2013 interview, accidentally outs herself that she does have contacts. So she's just a liar. So she's lied about the contacts, which is big in my mind, right? It's it's just a weird thing, thing to, to lie, lie about, about. Otherwise, uh, why would it matter? Yeah, like unless you're using it as your defense, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To like actively lie about it, not to be, not to be like, oh. uh. Not sure, but I don't think I had contacts in 2013. Yeah, she says it was a lot of, with a lot of confidence, like she's very assured. Like, that she or like something. I'm, you know, I might have just started wearing them maybe around the time of our interview. Yeah, you know, or she something like that. Like she could have, she just didn't. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the, obviously the jury didn't know about these discrepancies with Dateline because they weren't privy to that, but they still caught her in a lie with the paperwork, and that was big right yeah and so the prosecution were like you see she's lying here with the contacts and the paperwork like she has these two boxes she got just before the murder like she's a liar and they think that that's you know it um so her three daughters testify in the trial that they don't think it was her like they stand by her which i is feel so bad sad. for them. i know i feel really bad uh the trial lasted four and a half weeks and you know now that case is in the hands of the jury after six years with no answers It took eight days for the jury to deliberate, which apparently is a long time. Yeah. Um, It was hard for everyone involved. And Janae said she fully believed that they would find her innocent and that the jury would find it, quote, ridiculous that she was even at trial. That it would just be so obvious that, like, she couldn't have possibly done this. Um, Her daughters, who visit her twice a week at the prison, also believed she was coming home and had it marked in their calendars, even making sure she had her favorite ice cream at at home, which is just makes me very sad. Yeah. Um, Cause they, you know, for them for the kids for them i don't know how i feel about her i yes i'm talking about for the kids i feel yeah. sad for the kids i'm not sure how i feel about her either so everyone came into the court for the jury to read the verdict right and Janae said she had thought she would misheard them when they read it so in january 2020 this is pretty recent yeah the things is. were delayed because of covid it was crazy uh in january 2020 she was found guilty of murder in the first degree and they determined that the killing was not financially motivated so they think it, it was like revenge Emotional, like revenge murder, I guess. And she got 50 years to life 25 years for murder and 25 for using the firearm. Wow. Long sentence. So Todd's parents were obviously very thrilled with the justice for Todd, but they they said no one really won because they're thinking of the daughters, and right. now they don't have either parent, which is just horrible. And they probably don't want to hang out with their grandparents. And they, Yeah, so the grandparents told Dateline that they don't have a relationship with their grandkids, which That's so breaks sad. my heart. Yeah. And the daughters tell Dateline that they'll always love their grandparents, but they can't really have a relationship with them. It's really difficult because of how they feel about their mom, which I can also understand. It's just like such a complicated thing. I hope they... Change their mind with time before their grandparents pass. Like get to know them a little bit. Yeah, Jessica blames herself because she thinks she sealed her mom's fate with her first reaction to that security footage, saying she thought it was her mom, which is really sad. Like it's not your fault at all. Um, and her sisters, yeah, and her sisters were like, it's not your fault. They've been gunning for mom for years, so like they really think the police just have have it in for her. Mm-hmm. Um and they say it's still not over and they're still fighting and jenny uh wants to appeal the verdict but so far her attempts have not, you know, worked. I think one or once or twice she's tried but they're just like no. So what's her alternate like who's the other suspect? They didn't from what I could tell, in the defense did not give us a storyline or a narrative with a true alternative suspect, which I think was also probably why I don't think the defense did a good job for her. I think she might have a chance at appealing purely on the fact that the defense was just so awful. Like, I watched some clips of him and I'm like, what are you even saying, dude? Like, you're horrible. So there's a chance she might appeal just for, for you know, improper de- you know defense or whatever that, that is. But so she is currently serving her sentence at the Central California Women's Facility, where she was admitted on October 16th, 2020, according to records. That She's 53 years old and will not be eligible for parole until November November 2041. Wow. Yeah. So do we think she done it? In some ways, the evidence seems weak. And in other ways, I feel like she totally did it. Well, the fact that there's no, like, I mean, I guess the that's police work to dig into Todd's life and everything. But, like, there's nothing else in his life that would suggest that they could find apparently right but that would also you know there's nothing else that would account for what happened yeah like so in his life there's nothing else that explains it there's no other activities yeah they couldn't find anything else in his phone other than those photos and then they found out that it didn't really lead anywhere but she could have found out and gotten like you know i feel like she could have snapped because of it it's like it triggered her from her first failed marriage, and maybe it just, you know. I mean, maybe that's why I'm interested in the fact that, you know, Carrie said that it had ended between her and Todd, like, three months, three and a half months or so before, right? You said something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if that it ended because... Oh, do you think maybe they had a Janae conversation? found out, and that's when she started planning it. Oh, you think that maybe they had a conversation? Yeah. Interesting. And that, that. And then he was was like, like, and he was like, no, no, I'm sorry. And then she like, quote unquote, forgave him and then secretly was planning this whole time. Yeah. I think that's possible. Because like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, we know whoever drove the car probably killed him because of the evidence, right? Right. Just the way that it was all left. And her fingerprints were on the driver's seat, like, or on the wheel. Her alibi was the computer. The forensics weren't – show that she wasn't on it. Until But then again, she was also doing, like, laundry and stuff. But then she wasn't on it until 11, right? That's what you said. So – And then, you know – It's not a lie, but it's not – It's like a half-truth. And then, you know, the the payphone gesturing, like, why would she do that at Walmart? But also, like – Or maybe she's talking about phone stuff. Yeah, maybe she wants to buy something for her phone. You know, it could be anything. So that's not also – Hard evidence. But then also saying she hates gun and then is seen shooting a gun, like, weeks before, like, with her family. And the whole contact thing does it for me. The contact honestly. lenses. It's just a weird thing to lie about. And I agree. it speaks volumes. So I... It's, why why else would you be so adamant about that one fact? Like, if it doesn't really matter, if it's not important... Why are you bringing up the glasses so Why hard? are you... Yeah. Yeah. I mean... She really thought that was going to solidify her, her, it not being her... But so I want to show you a video of her gait. Okay. Okay. So guys, I'm going to pause this for a second. I'm going to show Sarah. It's a clip of her, of the video footage, the security footage of the mysterious suspect. And right. then there's footage of her, of actual Janae walking to her court trial. Okay. okay. Perfect. I'm, perfect. So I'm going to pause this and we're going to take a look. Love it. Okay. So Sarah just watched the video. Yeah, I'm convinced. <laughs> She's convinced. Yeah. So, even though this is a who done it, I think we're very much leaning towards she done it. Um, I do see why there's reasonable doubt though. I think her trial probably wasn't I don't know. I think the evidence was lacking. Like, I get it, It's cir- but it's circumstantial evidence, and I think that— I agree. There is a reasonable doubt. I don't know if it was truly enough to convict her, so I'm not fully convinced on that, but I think she probably did do it, but that doesn't mean that they should have found her guilty in this trial, if that makes sense. I don't know. They didn't give any compelling evidence to prove to otherwise. The contrary? To that me. Mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if new evidence comes out, then that would be interesting, like, if there's a new trial where they're, like— She's like, I'm appealing because they didn't talk about this, this, and this. Yeah, well, she's claiming that they didn't talk about the fact that people didn't think it was her in the video. Her friends and family and stuff. I mean, that's not really as important as, I, like I said, find someone who specializes in gait and anatomy <laughs> yeah. and ask them their expert opinion. Yeah. I would be interested in what they had to say, not so much in what their friends and family have to say because they have a bias. That's very true. I the contact lenses and the gate kind of do it for me, and I yeah. can see why the daughters and the weird would be line. in denial. Yeah. yeah, I don't blame them for that. I it's feel bad really for that. I know it's probably so have the only them. way they can like Hope, cope or... and how else and be know? like somewhat normal people. Yeah. yeah, So guys, that was the case of Todd Chance. So sad. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty sure Leslie Janae Chance was the uh Leslie Leslie Janae. <laughs> um yeah so that was it we hope you didn't hate us as much this time or maybe we'll, we'll see <laughs> we'll be, we're gonna keep doing this because i like it i like talking about this stuff i find it really interesting yeah it is very interesting um, and i hope you guys enjoyed that one i thought it was kind of crazy yeah good story so. oh poor nice cowboy I sadsies r.i.p and to his family it's so sad but we'll see you guys next week hey bye, bye!